my God. Let us pray. Our God and our Lord, Father, we thank you. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to gather, to hear your word. Thank you because you have already gone ahead of us and you have spoken. For our ears have heard you. Father, give us the grace to obey in the name of Jesus. We ask, O oh God, that that which has been hindering our progress, as we continue, O oh God, hearing your message, the message you have for us, Father Lord, may it be the last straw that will bring us back to you in the name of Jesus. Father, may your word, O oh God, impact us. Father Lord, I decrease, O oh Lord, that you may increase. I won't speak forth any word from my own understanding, from my own knowledge, but from you directly. Speak to us. Speak to me. Speak to my family. Speak to everyone under the sound of your voice. That we may live here, O Lord, revived in the name of Jesus. Good morning, church. I want to start by thanking our daddy, um, the venerable in church, and all the clergy for this opportunity to share the word of God. Thank you, sir. And the entire church council and the entire church, we, I, I thank you. It is a great privilege especially being the first time standing here for God to use me. I consider it a very great privilege. The work that I've been assigned to do by the Mosai this morning is very simple. Uh, we are going to look, are going to take a very brief background of judges, very brief, and then we'll look at who is a revivalist we'll look at some three major characteristics of revivalist. We'll be using the prophet Gideon as our focus, and we will also look at, as we do this, we shall also be profiling ourselves if this revival fire has indeed touched us in any way since from the start of our theme for the year. We will be taking alongside a few profile of um, some revivalists and we will also look at um, some revivalists in the Old and New Testament if time permits us. Otherwise, I will just reel out those areas for us to continue at home. And thereafter, will bring it all together, summarize, for action. Praise the Lord. The book of Judges shows how God's people were disobedient. 
and worshipped idols. Hence, they were defeated by surrounding hidden nations. And they were also put in servitude to them. But they cried out in repentance and were delivered at different times by the prophets, administrators, judges, soldiers, commanders, kings, and a queen that God sent at different times. There were several cycles, right from Odnil to Ehud, and briefly to Shamga, Deborah, and Barak, then Gideon, which is our main focus, Abimelech, Jephthah, and Samson. Now, from where we read from Judges 6, from verse 6 down to verse 16, I believe it is a very straightforward uh, message from God this morning. But of note, We, will, we can make out from this passage several things. One of it is that the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. They cried out because they had realized that they had gone outside the coverage of God. They had gone outside the command, the instruction of God. And they have also been getting the repercussion and it became intense to the extent that they were reduced to starvation. We know what it means, and we, we often hear a hungry man is, is an angry man. When you get to that point of starvation, you realize that it's like everything is gone, everything is finished. And for you to even continue with the little strength you have to look for solution, it indeed takes the grace of God. Here they are. Before Gideon, before God, God raised Gideon to, to help the Israelites, About four cycles of this same thing had happened. And this one 
was no different. The only difference is God raised a different judge. Praise the Lord. And the circumstance that led to God raising Gideon as a prophet to deliver his people, to deliver God's people. We will be looking at it and then we'll begin to ask ourselves how can we replicate the character of what? Of Gideon. Praise the Lord. The topic is profile of revivalist. Be a Gideon. Be a prophet Gideon. Praise the Lord. Now, the children of Israel were handed over to the Midianites. For seven good years, they were under that bondage. Because of disobedience, they have mingled themselves with the Midianites. Having intermarriages, Worshipping of idols. I mean, the hidden were in their midst. And during that time, it was as if everything was normal. Until God came in and reminded them. He said, I brought you out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians, from all who oppressed you, from the Midianites to the, to the Amalekites. The Lord brought them out of Egypt. And here, they went back again to worship idols and mingle with the Midianites because they were in that land and they were in the midst of the Midianites. Praise the Lord. And then the Lord showed mercy because of the cry of repentance. And he raised Gideon Gideon, like we read, Gideon was, he was just a young boy. He was from a clan. Manasseh, the weakest. In the whole of the tribe of Manasseh. Gideon was the least in his entire family. 
Gideon was very humble. And he had the heart of a revivalist. Praise the Lord. God in his sovereignty chooses an individual. He chooses a man, a woman, a boy or girl to be his human agent in initiating his revival. We are already beginning to see who a revivalist is. We know for the past you know, the several um, Sundays um, we have been talking about revival. This word is key. It has been recurring. And from the word revivalist, we have revival. Revival simply means God's visitation on a people, on an individual, a family, a community, a neighborhood, a workplace, a church, a land, upon a country. It is an act of divine grace upon a repentant heart, hungry, thirsty, and totally committed to God's agenda. So, a revivalist is one who lives a consecrated life. The revival is one who lives a consecrated life. Gideon's life was consecrated. From from verse 13, we remember how Gideon was asking God. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say, the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now, the Lord has abandoned us and has handed us over to the Midianites. Gideon no doubt also realized that in the midst of his people, in the midst of the children of Israel, a lot has been going on against the will of God and against the, 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 the instruction of God. When Gideon started asking God these questions, you would agree with me that Gideon was very focused and was ready, consecrated to do God's bidding, for God to use him. 
Revivalist is one who lives a consecrated life. God lives, a, God lives in holiness. He calls us to be holy just as he is holy. In 1 Peter 1 verse 16, he says, Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Praise the Lord. A revivalist is one who loves and consumes the word of God vigorously and with an attitude of unquestioned obedience to God. Praise the Lord. In Psalm 119 verse 11, the psalmist says, I have hidden my word in my heart. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. When Gideon was asking God those questions, he was indeed telling God that the stories that we heard from our ancestors, from our forefathers, they were stories of how wonderful you were to my brothers and sisters, to the, to the, to the children of Israel. What has happened now? I also believe that Gideon was also thinking that because this God is a merciful God, because God did, he did forgive the children of Israel many times over, this particular circumstance that the children of Israel were, that God should also overlook and rescue them. Because their immediate need was that they have been subjected to what? Servitude. They have been subjected to starvation. And everything had gone. What the Midianites did, they were also very aggressive in the attacks. They made sure that everything that would amount to the children of Israel, God's people, to have the smallest food to eat or the least of their livestock, they made sure that everything was taken away. They were humiliated. They were aggressively attacked. Their livestock, everything was taken away. They were left with nothing. At a point, at different times, they ran even at the sight of the Midianite or of a Midianite. We read just before verse 6, you will see how they will run up to the mountains to take cover because the Midianites were a thorn in their flesh. They were torn upon their flesh. Praise the Lord. So, Gideon 
at the point where God met Gideon. Gideon was processing grain. And he wasn't doing it in the open, of course. <laughs> if the Midianites should see him, you know, that wheat that he was processing, you know, will be gone. So he was in hiding while processing wheat. Praise the Lord. For fear of the Midianite. And then the angel of the Lord met Gideon. He appeared to Gideon and said, Mighty hero. And today, God has already started speaking to us through prophecy. And God is telling us today, Mighty hero. Mighty hero. If only we would hearken to the, to the voice of the Lord today because God is indeed talking to us. And His desire is that we will repent, we will come back to Him. His desire is that we will be revived because the walk ahead of us the work that he has sent us to do, to achieve, before the day of reckoning, is still very enormous. Praise the Lord. So God is calling us, Father, Mother, young boy, young girls. God is calling us, Mighty Hero. The Lord is with you. Have we been or are we in situations that have turned us upside down and we have been brought to that level of starvation? Starvation in our faith. Starvation in our spirit mind. Starvation in our walk with God, starvation in our family, spiritual starvation. We might have gotten to that state, but the Lord today, this morning, is saying to us, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Praise the Lord. Mighty hero, the Lord is All hope is not lost yet. While there is still hope, the word of God has come to us in clear terms, simple, but highly thought-provoking. You have fallen down and you cannot see the grace anymore.
You have been laboring without success. I know you in your secret place. Praise the Lord. Because the prophecy and this message is very obvious, it's one and the same. And so I will continue to draw from what God has already gone ahead of us to speak to us. If we turn a deaf ear, what it means that we want to continue or we want to invite for those who are almost falling. We want to invite starvation. Praise the Lord. Not just upon us, but even unto our families. But I'm very sure that none of us will want to get to that point. We want to be involved in that situation. Praise the Lord. And so, a revivalist is one who prays and specifically asks God for a revival. Prayer, as we know, increases your, sens your sensitiveness to the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 6, verse 18, to pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere like I said we will be taking some you know, revivalists as we as we go, we have often heard of Evan Roberts, who began to earnestly pray for a revival. At what age? At the age of 15. Praise the Lord. He began to earnestly pray for a revival. It is said that no revival can be found outside the word of God. In fact, any revival outside the word of God is, is a mere religious gathering. Praise the Lord. Gideon asked God to revive his people, to revive the land. To revive all that concerns the children of Israel. Because they were not only afraid, but they have been enslaved for seven years. Gideon was interceding so that God will revive his people and revive the land. When, when a people... When a household, when a family, when a community receives the revival of God, we realize that it is not, the impact is not going to be felt only 
among the people, but everything that concerns them, even the land. Praise the Lord. It is said about Smith Wigglesworth, Wigglesworth, who lived between 1859 and 1947. He was born in Yorkshire in England. Smith Wigglesworth, it was said of him that he was never found without a Bible. He once said that believers are as strong only as the word of God that abides in them. Praise the Lord. We're still looking and talking about the revivalist is one who prays and specifically asks God for a revival. There is a hunger, there is, there is a burden, there is a cry, there, there, is, there, there is that hunger for God to revive a people or revive a land. And before such revival will come, there must be true repentance. Praise the Lord. And it was also said of Smith Wigglesworth that the word of God is spirit and life to those who receive it in simple faith. And it is a verifier of all who owns its way. Praise the Lord. Smith Wigglesworth was a man of faith who also hunger. He called upon God to bring revival upon his city in Yorkshire, in England. Praise the Lord. Gideon We, we, if we look at that chapter, we look at that verse 13 of where we read, we say he had, he had, Gideon had God at heart from what he learned about God through his ancestors. Because he was asking for that same miracle or for those interventions that God had that God gave upon his ancestors to happen again because they have been put in a very difficult situation that they were even dying of starvation and Gideon had this burden that God will revive the children of Israel, his own children, revive the land and restore all that the Marudas had eaten. The Marudas had taken. The Marudas had occupied. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just like Smith Wigglesworth, it is also said about 
the young revivalists from Wales. Like I mentioned earlier, Ivan Roberts. Ivan Roberts was a, a young and very mightily used revivalist from Wales. At the age of 26, God used him to cause a great revival in Wales. And it's also said about Ivan Roberts that he was a constant student of the Bible. He was never found without it, either in his pocket or in his hands. Praise the Lord. Then we are to ask ourselves, How much have we done? How much are we doing as it concerns revival upon ourselves? To be a catalyst for our families, our communities, and our nation. Praise the Lord. Are we doing enough? When we profile ourselves before God, because we can profile ourselves before man to suit the ears of man, but we cannot do that before God because He knows. The state. He knows the state of our profile. He knows all about our profile. Have we been revived? Is our families revived? Or are we trying to spend the number of years or even more? than what the children of Israel they spend under the weight and cruel treatment from the Midianites. Have we suddenly become used to the way of life that we know Deep inside of us, it is totally it is contrary to the will of God. It is contrary to the word of God. It is contrary to God's purpose and plan for us. Is it not enough already? The number of years or how long we've already spent away from God's plan? For us. Praise the Lord. Let us ask ourselves. The work he has called us to do. If God. Was to profile us. At this time. Now. Yeah. Will he say. This profile. Your profile. My profile. Is worthy. So, 
It is for us to think, give it a second thought to say it is enough. Gideon did not ask God to allow them to come sometime again in the future to help them. There was a great need and it was an immediate need. You know, when you have, when the devil has, you know, boxed you in a corner and you realize that there is no way out, nothing else will matter to you. Praise the Lord. But to seek for that solution to get you out of that box. Praise the Lord. The great revival in Los Angeles called the Big Tent Los Angeles Crusade in 1949. Billy Graham preached with authority and to the times. It was an immense divine revival. It was supposed to last for three weeks, but it ended up lasting for eight weeks. Because the, the power of God among those that attended over 350,000 cumulatively over the period of eight weeks listening to Billy Graham. And in the end, over 3,000 were converted. Over 3,000 rededicated. They found out that they have not been living up to the expectation of God's agenda. Praise the Lord. And about this time was actually when America though forging ahead economically they were actually under the weight of fear. The Cold War was at its peak. Communism in China was also gaining prominence. Joseph Stalin had launched a test of the atomic bomb on America's nuclear security. So the international community was Shaking America was under the weight of these forces so that they would not be taken unawares completely. It was about that time that this revival took place in 1949. Billy Graham preached under the shadow of international crisis. He spoke with so much eloquence. He had stopped trying to prove that the Bible 
was true. What he simply did was to give the message as simple as possible, as it were, but it was directly from the Bible. His message was simple, very clear, unequivocal. But it was also thought-provoking, such that that number of converts, the number of people that recommitted their lives, in those days or in that period, such a number was a great one. Praise the Lord. And Billy Graham had the privilege of being shot into lamplight by the end of this big tent, Los Angeles Crusade in 1949. Billy Graham gave, in that, that period of eight weeks, he gave 65 sermons. He came to that, that revival with less than that number of sermons. But because there was an extension of the duration of the revival, because the Spirit was at work, God was at work, praise the Lord. It was extended. And it Billy Graham sought the face of God for more message, for more sermons. He saw that the people, they were actually, they were hungry for the word of God. And the Spirit helped him to leverage on it. Praise the Lord. Brethren, let me say that already we've had a lot of opportunities in this chapel to leverage on the power of the Holy Spirit moving in this place from time to time. When this year started and we started with this team, you will agree with me that Today we are talking about revivalists. We have also looked at the reviver himself, God. We are the revived. When you are revived, then you can become a revivalist. One who, is, who hungers and tastes for the word of God. So from the beginning of this year, when you look at our theme... O oh Lord, revive thy work. Revive your people. Revive our land. Revive my family. It is not going to come from some very specific people from somewhere. It is us. Starting with us. 
we have to leverage on what? The teachings that we have so far received and ask ourselves, have we been revived? If you say you are the least in your family, if you say you are waiting for your wife to be revived first, you are waiting for your husband to be revived first, we are missing the mark. And if God should come down and profile us, we will not be counted. Because our profile definitely may not please God. Praise the Lord. We We are going to look at a few revival, if time permits us. Otherwise, I will just reel out the, the passages so that we will continue to, to look at it at home. Praise the Lord. Now, before I do that, we also know that in our place of work, if revival is to happen in our place of work, it is not on us to look to the owners of the organization, but to look inward, to be that Gideon, that prophet Gideon, in where we walk. Praise the Lord. What is your profile before God? Praise the Lord. Sometime last year, we started up a project in one of our clients' a place of work, what we set out to do was to, to redefine the culture of the organization and align and have the staff to align, to key in. And by the time we did the first phase of that project, about three months, the diagnostic, we realized that the organization itself, the management, the top management, the lower cadre officers were just a reflection of the management. And the management did not see it to be that way. They were, that organization was in need of a corporate revival. 
But when we realize that the, 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 the staff, they were just a replication or a, a reflection, a mirror of the, of the top management, then we knew that we were in for a very tough um, project. Praise the Lord. But our work was not to implement that change of culture, that revival that the organization needed, but to show them the way and hold them for a few more months and then they will now do it themselves. Because if you, are, you want to be revived, it is a personal work. You are to be in charge of how you want that revival. You want it today or you want to procrastinate. You are in charge. Praise the Lord. Eventually, after hand-holding them for a few months, we were done. But as I speak today, it's as if the project was dead on arrival. Praise the Lord. Nothing has changed. Because they refuse to walk out that change that they desire. Praise the Lord. Bringing it all together, we're going to have two parts. One, to be a prophet Gideon, you must be born again and spirit-filled. Praise the Lord. In Matthew 16, verse 25, he says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Praise the Lord. In John 6, 37, he says, Those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will not reject them. Are you ready today? This first part, you want to live that exemplary life of Gideon. Praise the Lord. God asked Gideon to go. Even when Gideon doubted it. And asked for signs. Today, we don't need the signs. When you are, you, you are born again and spirit filled, you realize that there is a newfound life and you have this connection, and direct access. And the spirit helps you. If you want today to live that exemplary life of the prophet Gideon, you must be born again and be spirit-filled. Praise the Lord. In a very short time, a few minutes, or one, less than one minute, we will be having that prayer. The second part is, you may be born again, but how revived are you? What does your prophet say about you? Praise the Lord. What does your prophet say about you? How revived is your family? It, it is a consequence of whether you are the revivalist in your family, getting to be that revivalist in your neighborhood, to be that revivalist in your community, 
whether virtual or physical, how revived are you? Praise the Lord. There must be that starting point. It must start with you. It must start with you and I to consecrate our lives for God to be able to use us. We must be consecrated. We must draw closer to God and give Him all. We must proclaim God's word with conviction. Set we must set in when the times of darkness, moral darkness, national depression, family crisis, etc. For a return to true worship of God. And the result is the, rest, is the restoration of great joy and gladness. Prosperity upon the land in our families. In Jeremiah 29, verse 12 to 13, it says, When you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Praise the Lord. God has told us, if we look for him wholeheartedly, not haphazardly, not today, and tomorrow you are not, the next minute you are, the next minute you are not. He said wholeheartedly. If you, find, if you look for me, you will find me. In First Peter 3, verse 12, he says, The eyes of the Lord watched over those who do right. And his ears are, upon, are open to their prayers. Praise the Lord. So this second part will be us examining ourselves and turning to God. If there's areas where we have found out in the course of the prophecy and this message to recommit ourselves to that cause, the agenda of God, to make us that revivalist that we need to be in our families. First of all, starting with us in our families, our community, whether virtual or physical, we have been called upon this morning to take that bold step. And God has said it all. The are, are revivalists, I will just give just two and then we move into our prayers. Praise the Lord. In the Old Testament, we know of Jacob and his family in, G in Genesis 35, 1 to 15. Israel at at Sinai under Moses, Exodus 32, verse 1 to Exodus 33, verse 23. Moses stood in the gap. And when his people repented, God came true for them. In the New Testament, we can also look at John the Baptist in Matthew 3, verse 1 to 17. John the Baptist his walk with God, his voice in the wilderness, calling upon revival upon the land. Luke 3, 1 to 18, for comparative study. Pentecost, Acts, Acts 2 to Acts chapter 2 to Acts chapter 5, where 
You see Peter and John with that hunger and taste to bring revival upon God's people. Praise the Lord. The Samaritans in Acts 8, 5 to 25. Cornelius in Acts 10 to chapter 11, verse 18. The conversion of the Gentiles at Antioch. Acts 11, 19 to 30. Acts 11, 19 to 30. Acts 12, 24 to Acts 13, verse 3. The conversion of the Gentiles at Antioch. We can go on and all, but for time. Praise the Lord. Brethren, the Lord has spoken to us this morning and is left for us to make it happen today. We should not procrastinate. We should not say we'll leave it for tomorrow, but now. The two parts for you to, ex to live this exemplary life of Gideon, you must be born again and be spirit-filled. The second path, we will be praying. The second path, you may have been born again, but what is your profile before God? Are you that revivalist that God has been asking to rise up for your family, to rise up to have a change in your life? So that it can become contagious upon your family, your neighborhood, your community. Praise the Lord. Let us rise. We are going to be praying for this, the two groups, for, this, for God to bring about that desired revival in us. You are here, you are not born again, and you desire this exemplary life of revival of the prophet Gideon. You've been called upon this morning for God to use you. For you to say it's enough. You as an individual and it's enough upon your family. The Marudas have taken a lot. They have done the worst. But this morning God is calling you. Praise the Lord. As I ask and plead with our reverend, with our venerable, to lead us these two parts of prayer. Lord, pray me, Oh! 
pray in the line of that song. A song of consecration. The Lord began by telling us who cannot be a Gideon, who can be used in revival, because we have experienced his first love, but we have drawn back again. We have drawn back in our secret lives, who have drawn back into our own cocoons. We have now been badgered by the Midianite of sin. And our secret life is now in starvation of God's presence. Can you begin from there? He said, I see openly, I see in secret. I see your secret before you come to public glare. And that is where revival starts. That is a heart that needs consecration. That is a heart that is yielded unto God. It was in secret that Gideon was asking God questions. Where is your power? Where is your saving grace? Where is your deliverance? Where are the miracles? It was also in secret that something was also going downhill. This is the life that you need to ask God to prepare. God is seeing our secret lives. Can you confess that? Can you cry unto him? Lord, what you see in my secrecy? What do you see when I'm alone? What do you see when no other person who knows me is around? The indicting of my heart, the actions of my life. Lord, the ones that have been down low, down below, down the great, that have taken your presence further and further away from me. I am sorry. I repent of them. Hold not your silence. Hold not your peace until there is a time of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord, that comes fulfilling and comes cleansing and comes reviving and comes also bringing you whole and clear. Tell the Lord, I'm tired of an up and down life inconsistency. I can't stand my ground anymore. The power is gone and departed as Gideon cried because I can't withhold your power and presence both in secret and also in the open. You can't trust me with your glory, with your visitation. But God, I am no longer interested in living this way. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wipe me clean again. Prepare me a sanctuary tried and true, pure and holy before you. Let that be your cry, church. Let that be your cry, Father, who had remembered the olden days when the Lord used you and visited you. How is it now with you? Let that be your cry, Mother, who had remembered your younger years when you were on fire for God, the souls you won, the evidences of things you touched. How is it with you now? How about you, you young person? Who have just been off here and there? Can you tell the Lord? Father, my secret life I present as a living sacrifice. Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. Any area, Lord, that has stopped your flow, blocked your power, blocked your presence, to take me on. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And are you here this morning? And the Spirit of God is telling you, I stand at the door of your heart, Jesus says. If you hear my voice and open I will come in. I will make peace with you. I will stop with you. And I want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. To be of use. To now qualify as a Gideon. Irrespective of your pedigree or your circumstance. This morning, the Spirit of God is saying surrender. 
My son, give me your heart. My daughter, surrender. Don't postpone it any longer. This is the accepted time. This is the time of salvation. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't postpone it. Don't relish where you are. But humbly say, Father, here I come. And you want to surrender from a life of sin. From a life ruled within. And say, God, I come. If that is your desire, sincerely raise up your hand where you are. With all earnestness. Father, I surrender my life to you. I want you to come in. Wipe me clean. Give me a new beginning. And I'm ready to walk with you. I'm tired of my life of sin. I'm tired of my life of running it sure. I'm tired of just going on my own. And running into depression. In bondage. Even though I seem to be going on my own. I want the light and liberty that you give. Please raise your hand where you are. And we'll pray together with you. So that the Lord can set you free. As he did with Gideon. On the Israelites. From the Midianites. Is there any of such response this morning? I'm surrendering my life afresh to you. I'm no longer painting it. I'm no longer unwashing it. I'm no longer trying to paint it on Sunday mornings. So people can see a good part. And yet, I am not yet known in heaven. Heaven does not have my name. This morning I want to be sure that I'm numbered among the saints the way God remembered Gideon and knew about him. If that's your desire, please raise your hand where you are. We're going to pray with you. That's the point of revival. No heart that is not touched can visit a revival from God. Please raise it if there's any. We do not mean words about it. That's why we exist in here. And we give you a chance to also reckon with God. And for the rest of us, we have prayed, Lord prepare me, a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. May that desire and hunger and prayer be real in the name of Jesus Christ. May every secret sin, crevice, nook and cranny, may every secret hideout, cocoon, may every secret lesson concerning our life that we thought was hidden, but which is open before him with what we have to do. And the Lord has spoken about it and is hindering our being a Gideon. It's hindering a visitation from God in the midst of a need for change, for salvation, for deliverance, for revival. This morning, Lord, every one of them that we have sincerely, of our own volition, willingly, consciously, confessed before you, Father, forgive in the name of Jesus. Lord, cleanse in the name of Jesus. Lord, wipe away by the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary that speaks better things than that of Abel. Let it speak on our behalf again this morning. And Lord, overlook again. Forgive this time by the mediation of our Lord Jesus Christ who has paid the price so that we do not nail him to the cross again. Father, we have done that before. Perhaps unknowingly. Perhaps trying to be smart. 
But this morning, we humble ourselves. We are contrite in heart and in spirit. And we say, Father, wash us in Jesus' name. Clean us again in the name of Jesus. And resurrect from us instruments of use. Instruments of grace. Instruments are hunger for your word, a hunger for your righteousness, a test, Lord, for your own power and imposition. And Lord, according to the desire of our heart, because those who hunger and test after righteousness, after your visitation, shall be filled. May there be a filling of your visitation to us in our personal lives now in the name of Jesus. Lord. Prepare me a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Thanksgiving God, we declare we will be living sanctuaries, living sacrifices, consecrated, handed over to you, body, soul, and spirit, all for your will, all for your purpose, all to bring your visitation on our lives, our family, and in our generation now, in the name of Jesus Christ. All to do your reasonable service to God as we yield completely. We thanksgiving. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We bless your name, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.